0: And welcome to the Fantasy Sports Collective Podcast. This is your host, Jay dub I'm back. Conference championship weekend. NFL coaching. carousel starting to settle. So musical chairs. And we finally know who all guys are going to be in the NFL draft. And so from a fantasy perspective, what are the skill position players going to be interesting? So I'm going to cover all those topics next. This is America. Don't get you slipping no. hey! Don't get you slipping, no. hey! Hey! Look what I'm whipping no. It's gonna be a good week. Excited for this weekend of games. So many good matchups. are uh, we're gonna see KC in their fourth Super Bowl in what five years now? They're in their sixth straight conference championship game. Uh, the 49ers are gonna get back to their third. Super Bowl, and I think the 11 years or 10 years, maybe 11 years, or are going to see some new blood? Ravens haven't been back since they beat the 49ers 11 years ago. So they're not quite new blood. They've got two titles in the last 20 something years, but the Lions certainly are, have not been to a Super Bowl in ever, actually. Let's be honest here, ever. I think it's been 70 years since they won two playoff games in the same year. So what an awesome story there. On the NBA front, I won't talk a lot about that. But it's been a big week. Joel Embiid dropped seventy-two, which is a crazy number. Dominated Wemby, the fantastic rookie. Wemby though did drop thirty-three, and he looks like he's going to be really good. He's got once he gets into his twenties, get some NBA reps, he can legitimately shoot, pass. He's got good handles. He's gonna be good. The question would be: Is he can he fill out, get a little bit bigger, stronger? But he's really good. So like that. Okay, let's go to coach's changes. Like and Specifically, let's talk a little bit about some of the players that coaches have been hired. What's the impact going to be from a fantasy perspective? So start with LA Chargers have hired Jim Harbaugh. Uh, this seemed like a good match on paper. Uh, Harbaugh has won at literally every stop in his head coaching journey. He turned dormant programs at the University of San Diego into an undefeated season. Stanford turned them into a really a powerhouse, which Brian Shaw, or sorry, David Shaw, took over and and ran with for a bunch of years. And then came into the 49ers who had been really struggling before he got there. And immediately, year one, took him to the NFC Championship game, took him to three straight NFC Championship games and a Super Bowl against his brother, John Harbaugh, who got the best of him in a really good game. And then he went to University of Michigan, took him a little bit more time, although they were competitive from day one. And he took them to the national title first one in 26 years, I believe is the the date of uh, the, the number of years. So this is precisely the hire the Chargers need to give themselves, in my opinion, a run or at least a good chance at excellence and to take advantage of Justin Herbert's talent. I think it's a great fit. I think the Chargers, if you're a Chargers fan, great hire. You could not have hired someone better. He is just a meticulous, rigorous, competitive. He will, get, he will instill this team and organization with the competitiveness that they've lacked, and they're going to win. That said, I'm not convinced that he will turn Herbert into a dominant fantasy producer. Look at Arbaugh throughout all of his stops. He traditionally favors. He wants to win in the trenches. He wants balanced offenses that win in the trenches. They run the ball. They stop the run. He will throw the ball, but he's not going to be crazy pass happy. So while the Chargers will be tougher, more competitive, I'm taking the under in many of their offensive statistics for 2024. But a good hire, I like it for the Chargers. Tennessee Titans. They've hired Brian Callahan. He's the son of former NFL head coach who took the Oakland Raiders to Super Bowl in the early 2000s and beat, actually lost to his his boss from the previous year, John Gruden. And he's also a really well renowned offensive line coach. His son has always been on the offensive side of the ball. I was a young assistant with the, or was an assistant like 10 years ago at those Denver Bronco record-breaking offenses in the mid-2010s. And then recently he's been the OC for the the Bengals the last five years with Zach Taylor. So Callahan's got a pass-first philosophy, which will be a big shift from the Titans, kind of, unless you go back to the Warren Moon, Houston Oilers days. This franchise has been a ground and pound one with Derrick Henry more recently and, and a little bit distant past Eddie George. They they like to have big backs, control the, the line of scrimmage. They've had some good quarterbacks, Steve McNair, but they've never been a throw first. Derek Mason's had some good fantasy seasons back in the day. This offense is going to be a little bit different. I think you're going to see, there's going to be some sneaky fantasy value next year, especially if you believe in Will Levis and Callahan can take him to the next level. So I like this hire for fantasy purposes. I don't know as on the field, we'll have to see. Uh, harbaugh i'm convinced because he's won at every stop including the nfl he's turned around teams and he inherits a decent roster so i like him situation i don't know about callahan raiders removed the interim tag on antonio pierce not sure how i feel about this one pierce brought a toughness and certainly improved team culture but is he innovative and will the raiders mystique and competitiveness return i'm not, not sure i deserve judgment Really, to see what he does in the offensive side of the ball, I'm not expecting anything different than what we saw, though, to finish 2023, and that was okay. I see Devontae Adams will get his touches. Josh Jacobs started getting going. So I think they'll be decent, but I'm not sure this is going to be some spectacular offense and this team gets turned around. So next, New England Patriots promoted defensive coordinator Jared Mayo to head coach. He's already shown an openness that has been lacking in the past in terms of transparency with the press. That's been nice. He even stated he's ready to spend some money in free agency and alluded to the fact that they'll be selecting a quarterback with the f- first pick, their third overall pick. That's a big difference between his predecessor. But on an offensive philosophy, I just don't know. So I, I take a wait and see on this one. I will talk about one offensive coordinator hire, which is the Chicago Bears uh, hiring Seattle Seahawks, former offensive coordinator Shane Waldron. I like this hiring for the Bears as Waldron worked under Sean McVay in L.A., He's helped develop quarterbacks. He did it the last couple of years in Seattle post Russell Wilson. He's got a strong running game point of view, but predicated on motion, quick passing, spread offensive sets. He's likely going to be breaking in Caleb Williams next year and possibly an early wide receiver selection. Bears, by the way, if they trade fields, likely get a first, maybe an early second or a couple picks, which is what I expect them to do. And they've got the first and the ninth pick. so. They could take a receiver at nine and then obviously Caleb Williams at one. And they've got some decent talent in place. DJ Moore is a very solid kind of in his prime receiver. Cole Clements, a young emerging tight end. Khalil Herbert and Roshan Johnson, both, both solid players as well. So I like the the base there, but I think Shane Waldron could be a, a good fit. We still don't have the coaching decisions for the Falcons, the Seahawks, uh, the Washington Commanders, and Carolina Panthers. So comment on let me come. Okay. NFL Conference Championship games, I'm going to start with the NFC game. That's the late game, 6.30 Eastern time, 3.30 Western time. Detroit Lions and their first NFC Championship game in 70 years, basically, pre the the AFL-NFL merger, are playing at San Francisco 49ers. And the 49ers are seven-point favorites. The over-under is 51 Look, if Debo Samuel plays, I like the 49ers in their home field with projected sunny, 60-plus degree weather. I think Brock Purdy got his bad game out. They're going to come out with some rhythm. And if Samuel's there, that's the swagger and the versatility offense they need. But if, he, if Debo is out, it takes away an explosive element for the 49ers. I know Detroit will move the ball. They've got a really pretty good offense, if not potentially great offense next year, if they continue to, to evolve, especially with all these young guys and say Brown, Sam LaPorte, Gibbs, Montgomery. They've got a nice mix and match on that team. Jamison Williams, obviously, maybe he emerges. But I'll take the 49ers because Detroit's defense is giving a lot of points. It's pretty weak. So I'll take the 49ers. But not to cover, I think, seven points is a lot. If Debo was there, maybe. I don't know. But I like the Niners advancing to the Super Bowl and winning this and Detroit being a threat next year, but just not quite ready. In the AFC, this is a heavyweight matchup. I believe this game is at 3 Eastern, 12 Pacific Standard Time. The Kennedy City Chiefs go into Baltimore. As I mentioned up, up front, Casey's been to six straight AFC Championship games. Lamar still hasn't proven a lot. He had a great game last week, and that was my big point last week, was you just don't know with him. He actually has had, I think it was his first playoff victory last week. So you just don't know. You don't. You do know with Patrick Mahomes though. Patrick Mahomes is a fierce competitor, and you can see he's upped his game significantly in the playoffs. He's not making any bad throws. He's on point with his team, and they so far they've stepped up. Rasheed Rice has been solid. Kelsey had a great game this past week. They get Isaiah Pacheco uh, is running hard. Even some of the second tier guys have I been mean, getting in the mix. Marcus valdez Kathleen had a nice catch down the scene or down the sideline in that game. The second half to really get them going in the third quarter. So Ravens are favored by three and a half, and the over under is forty four and a half. I, I thought, like I said, I thought KC should have lost or would lot lose one or even two rounds ago based on their mediocre performance. But Mahomes is just, yeah, like I said he's a beast. I think the Ravens are the most complete team in the NFL right now. If if they make it to the Super Bowl, I don't care who advances. They're my favorite to win it. It's going to be a tough matchup for the Niners or the Lions. I just don't see how they lose this one. But I also can't bring myself to bet against Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. So I take the Chiefs and the points. I think this, is a, this one is close. I think the Ravens win it, but likely by three points, maybe a, a late field goal or overtime win. I'm excited for that game. Okay. That's for Sunday. So we now know who the NFL draft fantasy relevant prospects are. NFL draft participants are set. Draft is still three months away, but hey, speculation is the core of what we all do here. That's why I'm riffing. I'm going to go by positions versus draft position, actual selection. So on quarterback, we've got three picks that are likely the first three picks in the draft to go. Caleb Williams is, is pretty much set as the number one overall pick unless something crazy happens. And then two, three could be either Drake May and Jaden Daniels or Jaden Daniels and Drake May. And I think that's pretty much guaranteed. The first three picks, they need a quarterback. They, without a doubt, are gonna the first, the second and third picks definitely need a quarterback. I would argue Chicago should take Caleb Williams and Trey Justin Fields, reset your reset the clock on the contract. And Caleb Williams has got much bigger upside at this point. Fields is solid. I think he's worth a team that needs a quarterback, he needs to take a chance on a quarterback picking him up then he's probably worth like a mid to late first and a third round pick, something like that. I, su- I suspect that's what ends up happening. So then, yeah, those are the first three picks. JJ McCarthy is also starting to look like he's consistently being mocked in the mid mid first round and he's starting, he's got talent. I like him. Michael Penix and Bo Nix are also in the mix. I think both probably fall out of the first and end up in the second, maybe even fall to the third. They're more like Jalen Hurts a couple of years ago, fell to the second or Will Levis last year. Jalen Hurts was never mocked to be in the first, but I thought he was really good. I'm surprised he fell. Will Levis was definitely somebody who thought a lot of people thought was going to be a first-round pick last year, but obviously moved. So anyhow, we've got four guys who look like they'll be, or apparent, kind of let's hope they're franchise types in 24. And that's McCarthy, Williams, May, and Daniels. You possibly, appendix falls in the first or maybe even Bo Nix, I just don't I don't think that's gonna happen. But I both think those guys are fantasy worthy, particularly in super flex leagues or where you have developmental prospect plays, things of that nature. At running back, there's some, some talent here, uh, but nothing like Bijan Robinson or Saquon Barkley. So there's no high-end Christian McCaffrey, even Leonard Fournette, who was just a stud in college and looks spectacular, and I think went four overall to Jacksonville that year. But there are several guys that I like that are more likely late second round, maybe third round. And I'll call those guys out here. Jonathan Brooks in Texas, he's a decent guy out of the backfield, actually has pretty good hands, played really well. Look, he was playing behind Bijan last couple of years and Roshan Johnson. So it's not like he had one great year, but it's also he was behind some NFL talent up until that point. Audric uh, Estime from Notre Dame, I like him, he's got a good body. Looks like he's got an NFL body. So I like him. Blake Corum, I'm not sure. I'm not totally sold on Blake Corum. He could be really surprising. He's got a little David Montgomery in him. And he's like low to the ground, thick, not super explosive, but strong. You can't, he breaks through arm tackles. So like him, Trey Benson, is actually a little bit more dynamic, but similar kind of Blake Corum type. And then Marshawn Lloyd at USC, I think he was, he's actually one of the more interesting guys because he does have some flexibility in kind of this new form of where he's going to be a receiver out of the backfield, maybe line up in the slot sometimes and also run the ball. I think Marshawn Lloyd is probably of the top five guys that I, I like. He's probably the most versatile, which could in the right offense be pretty, pretty good. All those guys, I think fall the late second, third, maybe even like fourth rounder. I can see Marshawn Lloyd, for example, falling. A lot of this will be determined at the combine though. If these, some of these guys drop like a, low 4-4-40 and their three cone looks great and they look good catching the ball, they're going to shoot up. No, None of these guys are in first round though. I think the earliest running back goes is early to mid second round at at highest, most likely not. But look, some of this depends on where these guys land. So for example, if Corum, I'll just make this correlation now, but if Corum ended up with say the Chargers, say they they get them in the second or, or even third round, He could have some immediate value because Harbaugh wants a bigger body guy, can run between the tackles and wear down the defense. And he doesn't have that right now in that team. I love Austin Eckler, but he's going to be more of a scat back. They're going to get him some on some end rounds, some deep sweeps, passes, but his productivity is going to come down. That's just not the type of back that Harbaugh is going to like really rely on. Conversely, though, a quorum could easily land as like a clear second tier short yardage type backup to like a Brees Hall or even Tajay Spears or a James Cook where it's a bit they're going to get the majority of the touches because they they're both dynamic out of the backfield catching the ball, but also as the core runner. And then in that case fantasy value is not going to be awesome. So it depends on when these guys land and there's no one that's super special this year. Term and attention to a uh, wide receiver is a little bit different situation. And I'll explain this. Maybe I- I'm not going to say it's the best receiver class because we've had some great receiver classes, particularly like really high-end talent, but this could be really high-end and it's extremely deep. So many are predicting that between, I'm going to throw in Brock Bowers here. He's a tight end, but he and going put him in this mix. But between Brock Bowers and wide receivers, Marvin Harris Jr., Malik Neighbors, and Rome Adunzu, they could be the first seven picks with the first three quarterbacks. You could have a Caleb Williams, let's call it Drake May, Jaden Daniels, Marvin Harris Jr. to the Arizona Cardinals. And I'm actually going to start breaking down on who the next couple picks are. But you could have the first seven picks as receivers because all those teams could use a difference maker there. And then beyond that, you've got guys like Brian Thomas Jr. at LSU, played with Malik Neighbors, obviously put up like arcade game stats, playing with Jaden Daniels this year, but looked really good, very talented player. Kean Coleman, who transferred into Florida State and immediately was dynamic and really critical, number one receiver for them. Adonald Mitchell, and also, by the way, I'll throw out Xavier Worthy, both Texas guys, both have been very productive and good. Particularly Worthy's been very productive as a, a true freshman through his junior year, true junior year. And Mitchell looked like an alpha male this year, really wanting to man the ball and making big plays when he and he did it, even in the college football playoff. Really like him. And then Oregon's top receiver the last two years, Troy Franklin, is another name to to recognize. I think he's been mocked to the the Chiefs, kind of at the bottom of the first round. Donald Mitchell, I saw mocked to the the Buffalo Bills in the first round. Keen Coleman and Brian Thomas Jr., I think those guys are probably in the mid-teens. They're consistently talent that people are, are hyping up. And then I'll, lastly, I'll go through tight ends, but I mentioned Brock Bowers above. He's a lock in the top 15, likely top 10, potentially first seven. After that, you've got Texas tight end uh, Jad Tavian Sanders and a few hybrid guys like Eric all Iowa tight end is an interesting selection. He played an offense that didn't utilize him as a receiver the last couple of years, but he has had a season, I think 38 catches for 400 something yards. And you just learned from the best there. I was a, he learned how to block. Like he knows how to block. He can move a pile. If he's got receiving skills, which he showed a little bit as a sophomore, who knows? That could end up being a really good pick, and he end up might, might go higher. So, from a fantasy perspective, you gotta you gotta keep an eye on that. So, on that note, I hope everyone has an amazing week. I'm excited for the, these conference championship games. We've got three heavyweight teams and the upstart, exciting Detroit Lions in this weekend, and it's gonna, be, it's gonna be some good football. So, on that note, I hope everyone has a great one. Take care. Bye bye. Before we leave, let me tell y'all up uptown funk you up uptown funk you up uptown funky you up <laughs>